0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello and welcome to the 275th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. Joining us shortly, a dig and go across the Harper for me here in the Music City. It will be our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton. But for now, uh, we've still got the third and we go in the second city. A man who did not spend his weekend at his own bar being grinded up on. It is our <laughs> intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook.
2: Yeah, I don't know which I would have picked first. Uh Urban getting a lap dance or the Jags winning a game. Um I did not know that those were comparable. So the the question is will he have received more lap dances than victories this year? Uh I don't know how he makes it through the rest of this season. He's not going to. There's no chance. Yeah. There's absolutely no chance. I, um, I think he's going to spurrier it, um, you know, be kind of a one and done. Although I think Spurrier might have done a year and a half. Maybe No, the, he was
1: yeah, he was he was a, he was there I think 2 years. Yeah, yeah.
2: the better example might be uh trino <laughs> how many years was Sabin with the dolphins did he just do one was he one and done two. or did he do more two two years yeah. i think yeah
1: i'm pretty sure so anyhow as you guys know we are in fact presented by BetOnline.ag. the football season is in full swing on the gridiron and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 when you do. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're just going to hop right into it. Uh, We're going to be a little bit shorter today than usual. All of us have some very, very busy schedules. Uh, As uh, Coach gets ready for fall break, my company has their big annual conference, and uh, Josh has a million different things he has to do as well. So we're going to hop with some quick slants. Josh, uh, not much to talk about in the Iowa-Maryland Friday night special. Uh, I was looking forward to a good game, and instead I got seven Maryland turnovers. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's talk about the the good for the Hawkeyes. Um, by far, Spencer Petrus' best game of the season. Is it Petrus or Petrus? Uh, you know, it's one of those where you you say it both ways, and uh, I prefer Petras, yes. personally, uh, I think he says Petrus. Um, my kind of laid-back Midwestern style of speaking. I sometimes am a little lazy and sloppier with the names. Um, but I think he would say it's Spencer Petrus. Um, okay. So I should probably honor that. But uh, okay. anywho, yeah, his best game of the season, 21 to 30, 259, three touchdowns. Um, he threw some really, really, really nice balls, um, some tight windows, some great throws. Um, he looked like what you need if you're going to win the division. And that's what I said in our preview show, that the concern – Iowa fans had was our quarterback play and nothing last year indicated that he was a champion level quarterback, whether that's a division championship, conference championship, who knows? He showed it against Maryland. He's shown some flashes of it uh, this season. Play calling helped him out. Um, They were a lot better on some of their first down calls, which was nice. Um, The rushing game was kind of interesting. Uh, As a team, they put up a nice, chunky yards, 145 yards. Uh, They did have a 3.5 average, which wasn't great, but um, there were some sacks. that kind of brought that down. Um, Tyler Goodson grinded out just 66 yards on 19 carries, but his uh, change of pace back, Ivory Kelly Martin, had 62 yards on eight carries. Uh, But the thing that really impressed me about... The running back play was Tyler Goodson, um, never has really felt like a receiving threat, which is strange because he's pretty fast. Yeah. It's just, um, I think a lot of times Iowa schematically really likes their running backs to stay into block. Mm. Um, it's just something that they do on passing situations. And a lot of times when you are, you know, what we've complained about previously, which is, oh, first and 10, you run it, you gain no yards, and then you're in a long distance uh, and you pass it. Well, that's an obvious passing down. So then you want your back in there as an extra blocker Um, because they mixed up some of their play calling and sequencing. Goodson got more involved. He had just two receptions, which isn't great, but he was targeted multiple times. And one of his pass plays he broke wide open for a 67 yard touchdown. Um, so you, you know, you look at his rushing 66 yards, receiving 85 yards. You have that awesome all purpose rushing day. Um, so Iowa's defense, they were what you expect with Iowa's defense, holding another opponent under 25 points. So what I think people are curious about is like what happened in Maryland? They were four and Oh, you mentioned the seven turnovers, Um, Taglia Viola had five interceptions. Uh, There was also a very, very, very um, just uh, disastrous special teams play where um, probably Maryland's best athlete, Dante Demas Jr., um, got – it was a really – That was scary to watch. Yeah, it was a really good, clean hit at about his waist or thigh – and then in the aftermath of the hit, um, the momentum of the Iowa player kind of bent his leg in a way. And in obvious pain and, and, and agony at that moment, he set the ball down, um, which counts as a fumble. Uh, so that was one of the other big turnovers. And then um, he was
1: ruled out for the rest of the season today, yeah, actually.
2: Yeah. And then um, the last turnover came when uh, Maryland's backup quarterback also threw an interception. But um, the the thing about the turnovers, I mean, you're not going to win many games with seven turnovers, but they set up short fields for Iowa time and time again. You look at a few of these uh, scoring drives. I'm not going to run through all of them, but, um, you know, the Maryland fumble set up a a six play 26 yard drive. An interception set up a forty-five yard drive. Um, another, uh, another uh, interception set up a field goal after um, just a twenty-seven yard drive. So, you know, short fields equaled a lot of points in this one. Yeah. Um, for uh, for Viola, though, I-, I think we gotta. You know, we see his last name. We see his flashes of brilliance. We got to keep in mind though, is um, this was his fifth game of the year. Mm-hmm. And last year, he played four games. And when you look at his numbers, um, his debut really struggled with the Northwestern, terrible, terrible opening debut. Yeah. But I mean, of all the teams that
1: go last yeah. year's Northwestern yeah. defense, was, and especially their secondary, yeah. was phenomenal. Was, yeah, exactly.
2: It was incredible. And then, Beat up Minnesota and Penn State. Well, Penn State had struggles last year. Minnesota's defense last year had some struggles. And then against Indiana, one touchdown, three interceptions, 47% completion rate. Indiana's defense last year was phenomenal. This year, his numbers through those first four games, West Virginia, Howard, Illinois, Kent State, not exactly a murderer's row. This was his first high-level defense, and we see his completion percent plummet, his interception rate go way up. And what I was noticing was that he missed a lot of throws high. He, he did a lot of overthrows. And I'm sure a lot of that was pressing, especially once the lead got out of hand. I'm sure a lot of that was knowing that he's going up against really good defense. But what Iowa did that was so smart with Phil Parker, what he set up was Iowa stayed in their preferred coverage, just a, you know, cover two shell, and they kept the safeties back. And so each time they did an overthrow, it's going straight to a safety. There was one interception where it was a high throw. Maryland's receiver jumped up to try and get it. It was a tip drill. Where did it go? The safety in the cover two shell. So it was a terrible outing by tag of iowa, but it was a really uh clever scheme by doing something very basic that iowa was doing to take advantage of that
1: yeah for sure well josh you talk about that that turnover uh the turnover advantage and for the season iowa is plus 2.4 per game they have gained 16 turnovers through five games and have only lost four uh so they are number one in the country do you want to guess what wisconsin is well, I know, out of 130 teams in the FBS.
2: Well, I know that uh, Mertz's six interceptions going into the Michigan game was not good. Uh, out of 130 teams, I'm going to be a optimist and say Wisconsin is not dead last, but I'm going to put them at 120th. How does that sound? No, they're dead last. Oh, okay.
1: They are optimistic. At minus, minus two per game. They are Oof. giving the ball away twice more, uh, two times a game more then they are getting it. Uh, I'm going to talk quickly about the Wisconsin-Michigan game. Uh, if you want f- real full, in-depth breakdown, uh, go over and visit uh, my Monday morning fullback podcast with Matt Bernstein. We break down the game. He was there. It was the Barry Alvarez celebration game. Uh, they named the field after Barry Alvarez. It is now called Barry Alvarez Field. They had hundreds of former players back there. Matt was a former captain on the 2005 team. Barry's last season... Josh, actually, Barry's last home game was versus Iowa. You and I sat together in the stands your freshman year, my sophomore year, and Iowa won the game. And one and of us was... might
2: have been wearing an Iowa gear.
1: Yes, that was, <laughs> yes, and it was definitely not me. Oops. Um, <laughs> It's okay, Josh. You know, I you know, I, I, I actually I probably grew to respect you more that day than I uh than I did before. Uh we, uh, we was very nascent in our friendship. We'd only know yeah. ch- known each other for about two months at that point. And who knew that uh sixteen years later we'd be sitting here uh talking I, about it? I
2: chose Wisconsin as a school, not a place where I'm going to live and breathe
1: my family. Well, <laughs> so uh, I just want to talk a couple telling stats for Wisconsin on the year. So now obviously they lost to Michigan, thirty-eight to seventeen. They were in this one. Graham Mertz came alive in the second quarter, back to back, really good looking drives. He threw for like a, I want to say like one hundred and eighteen yards combined on two consecutive drives, uh, and only missed one of his uh, attempts and looked great through a dime to Chimere DK in the end zone. Like Wisconsin marched like sixty-eight yards in sixteen seconds. It was the most un-Wisconsin thing you've ever seen. However, first drive of the second half drops back to pass, and the the porous Wisconsin offensive line, he gets popped, and I mean popped, and he definitely broke some ribs. He was in the hospital. He's questionable for this week. But he got he was out for the rest of the game. Backup Chase Wolf comes in. Well,
2: I'm pretty he, sure. Also on that play, I, I'm I'm about ninety-five percent sure it was number six. Uh, Chesmoselli, but um, we Malusi, about, yeah, uh, Malusi. Malusi. Oh, he completely whiffed, uh, he completely whiffed, yeah. Like, I've never yeah, seen him missed both so bad. of them. Michigan well, Michigan blitzed two guys, he somehow missed both of them,
1: yeah. So, um, Josh, the Wisconsin Badgers had 29 dropbacks on uh, uh on Saturday against Michigan. Do you know how many pressures Michigan had mm-hmm. according to Pro Football Focus? Just take a guess, they had 29 dropbacks.
2: Okay, they they had twenty nine dropbacks. Um, How many pressures did Mission get? For, for, for show for show for show prep, I looked at uh, their passing. So I know they went eleven of twenty three. Uh, so they you can still probably a, also pass had a bunch of sacks. Under,
1: They had six sacks. I
2: know, I know. So obviously the sacks are not pressures. No, they are so technically. They, no, they are they included are in pressures. pressures. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean you have to get pressure. All right, to get well, the sack, I'm gonna so.
2: say, yeah. I don't know if it was the sack neutralized the pressure. I'm gonna say the six sacks. Um I'm gonna say they had at least 10 more. I'm gonna say 16 on 29. That's only about half. I'm gonna bump it up. I'm gonna say they had 20 out of the 29 registered as pressures.
1: According corner pro football focus on twenty nine drawbacks, The Michigan had twenty nine pressures.
2: Twenty nine of 29. 100 percent. Okay.
1: Yep. So uh, that tells you all yeah. you need to know about the Wisconsin offensive line. Left tackle Tyler Beach is a turnstile. I I have seen I have seen um, Matadors who are more effective at blocking things. <laughs> he is the second or third lowest rated offensive lineman in the entire power five, according to pro football focus. So, uh, and again, Badger special teams awful. Uh, they give up a, they, there's a fire call on a punt and someone goes down there. It was a freshman goes down there. Do, 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 do ball hits him in the leg. Michigan gets the ball at the six yard line. Badger defense holds them to a field goal, but shouldn't have been putting that, that position in the first place. Anyhow, uh, Wisconsin's awful. They're playing at Illinois this week, playing against their old nemesis, their old, uh, their old ball coach, Brett Bielema. That'll be an interesting one. Um, We're going to wait for coach to talk Arkansas, Georgia.
2: I'm going to say one thing though about Michigan. And I, this game did more to confound me actually about this Michigan team. It did not answer definitively how good they are. It, was just more mounting evidence that Wisconsin is just in for an awful season. I don't see how Wisconsin gets out of this tailspin, especially if uh, Mertz is, as we expect, with broken ribs and going to be out for some time. Um, I thought McNamara was pretty pedestrian, all things considered. Um, I know Wisconsin's rush defense is incredible, but what alarmed me was how many times Michigan – was just like, well, let's run off tackle. Let's go at the teeth of the defense and just, like, pound their head just in the wall. It's like, come on, you at least got to, like, I don't know, do some counter option stuff. You know, you got to, like... I just didn't get it. Like, um, you know, go off tackle every time. is just ridiculous. And then uh, I didn't get... On the first series, Michigan knows Wisconsin doesn't have any defense or doesn't have any offense. They go for a, a fourth and one at midfield. No gain. They don't give it. Uh, they don't get it. So they give the ball to Wisconsin right at midfield. And it's like, if but that's Wisconsin the thing. they they, 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 res-
1: they know They know they have no offense. So they're not worried about not coming for the fourth down because they know they're not going to score. And guess what? They didn't. They went three and out. They went three and out on their first four drives.
2: Yeah. But why are you? I mean, why are you setting your team up for that? I would have done the oh well, let's pin them deep, get the three and out, so that way when they punt, we're at midfield. True. True.
1: Well, either way, Michigan still. I won mean, I'm also and...
2: I'm also from uh, I'm also an Iowa fan, where we have the saying that punting is winning. So yeah, well, it's uh,
1: you don't have to worry about. The, I mean, I, the I know the much. I know the end.
2: Yeah, I know the go analytics ahead. say to go for it on those fourth and shorts, but I mean, don't run it right at the teeth of the defense if you're going to do it. Yeah, maybe it's the uh, play call will- that's
1: pissing me off even more. Uh, I mentioned we'll, we'll talk about Arkansas Georgia once Coach gets here. I just want to quickly mention uh, Arizona State UCLA. Great game in the first half. It's twenty four twenty three at halftime. UCLA. Uh, But the teams combined for 41 points in the second quarter. Neither team would stop each other. Second half, UCLA comes out and lays the definition of an egg. They got blanked by a terrible Arizona State defense in the second half. And Arizona State just stacked the box. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson had trouble hitting the big play. And that was, you know, and that combined that with, let's talk about this Oregon-Stanford game. Pac-12 not going to the playoff this year. See ya because Oregon heads to heads in to Stanford on the farm, loses in overtime 31 to 24. Uh for the uh, you know second week in a row, uh T- Tanner McKee has started to really impress me as a quarterback. He's playing really efficiently. Now his completion percentage wasn't great. He was only 20 for 36, three touchdowns, no picks. And Stanford's defense really um, came through when it mattered. Oregon, you know, had more total yards than Stanford four fourteen to three fifty four, but they were they did a really nice job of making Oregon work for every yard. They only averaged four point two yards per carry and took them fifty four carries to get up to where they did. So uh, with an Oregon loss to an unranked Stanford team, Josh, I mean. The Pac-12 is... I mean, Matt, like... Bad as
2: always. True, but, you know, I... You know me. I cannot stand blaming the refs. Uh, You know, your team played poorly. You put yourself in a position where Mm -hmm. bad officiating hurt you. Like, if you take care of business, it doesn't matter if the ref misses a call or two. In that game, however, there was what I do do hate about officiating, which is uneven. One thing is a penalty on one down. It's not a penalty on the next down. And uh, Oregon really got burned on that. And the case in point was right at the end of the game on the final drive to tie the game. The amount of contact the refs allowed on several of those throws into the end zone didn't draw a flag. And then on the final play of the game, there was the same amount of contact. And then magically it was a flag this time. When you do that as a ref, you're making the players unsure of what is or is not a penalty. And that is not good. That's not good. Officiating call it tight. Fine. Ticky tack stuff. Fine. As long as it's both teams for all 60 minutes the, the change in what was or wasn't a penalty is like next to impossible to adjust to. And, you know, so they call the flag on it gives Oregon an untimed da- or Stanford an untimed down. That's the extent of my sympathy for Oregon. I mean, you had multiple opportunities. You were a 99.9% odds of winning with about two minutes left in the game and you blew it. So I'm not like going to say that Oregon was royally screwed out of something. They shot themselves in the foot as well, but the officiating in that game was not a very good advertisement for PAC 12 officiating. Yeah. But what else is new? It's PAC 12 refs, Josh. We've been talking (laughs) about that. We've been talking
1: about this for 20 years. So, um, you know, you know, or I should say 16 years, which is how long we've known each other. Um, Let's move to talking about the Cincinnati Notre Dame game. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time here because this was a, an anticlimactic one, quite frankly. Uh, Cincinnati scored seventeen in the second in the second quarter and just kind of dominated from there out. They Notre Dame has no rushing attack. They averaged three yards per carry in this one. They've had no rushing attack uh, all season. I mean. They're off, you know. We talk about Wisconsin and Notre Dame typically have two of the best offensive lines in the entire country, and that is evident in their, in their run games, right? Both these teams typically have very, very strong uh, rushing attacks. Well, Notre Dame has the fourth worst yards per carry in the entire country. Uh, they are just ahead of Boise State, which can't run the ball, apparently. Oh yeah, Notre Dame is averaging two point four yeah, yards per carry for the no. year. Uh,
2: Boise Louisiana Mon- again—they're having a long season. Louisiana
1: Monroe, who's averaging a lovely one point nine five, and everyone's favorite Gopher beater is Rich Bowling Rod. Green. Richrod's
2: the offense, of uh, course.
1: Bowling Green averaging one point seven four. So Coach Scott Laughlin. So they are not—they are not doing great on the ground. Uh, the big question: Cincinnati in line for a playoff berth. They're going to be favored in the rest of their games pretty handily going forward. I don't think they have another ring team on their schedule at this point. Uh, You know, I want to see them in the playoff. I think, I think they, if they win out, they are deserving, but Josh, I'm curious, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, just uh, to, to look at their schedule, since you mentioned it um, they have temple next who uh, believe it or not is above 500 and is undefeated in conference play. No uh, one Temples looked comment. a little bit better. Yeah. Temple's looking a little bit better than they were uh, UCF. On the other hand, looking a little bit worse than expected. Uh, both of those are home games. They're at Navy who uh, just obliterated uh, their opponent this week uh, by far Navy's uh, best game of the this, this season. Well, I guess it wasn't as big a win as I thought it was 34, 30, Uh, I think I was thinking of Air Force. I think Air Force might have just absolutely hammered someone. Um, But anyway, uh, so Navy, one win on the year. Maybe they're getting a little bit better. Our Tulane team, our beloved Willie Fritz, they are in all sorts of trouble. They've looked awful this season. Pulsa was a darling last year. We thought they were going to build on their COVID success. Uh, There's still some time to turn things around. They, but they've had a lot of narrow losses. Tulsa is not <laughs> very impressive in their win loss record at South Florida. They are miserable. They're terrible. Uh, they do have ranked SMU. That's at home. Mm. The ponies are, the ponies are, you they know, can we, score, love the man. Yeah, we love the ponies. And then at East Carolina and um, East Carolina is also a very, 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 very quiet three and two um, risky man. Yeah, this is not, this is not back to the Purple Pirates where we really liked them and we gave them a segment, but this is certainly not where they were a few years ago, which was like unwatchable, one of the worst teams in the country. Um, what I will say about Cincinnati though for this game, and this is the among the highest forms of praise that I give any team. I do this for Alabama and Georgia and the top dogs, and that is, I find it impressive when you play like absolute crap and still win your game. And Cincinnati really did not play particularly well. Um, Notre Dame's defense made their day pretty miserable. They were two of 11 on third down. They only mustered 89 rushing yards on 30 carries. They committed five penalties. They lost two fumbles. Um, it was not a very impressive day overall. They're really lucky that Desmond Ritter chose a great time to have a f- very, very solid game, 19-32, uh, of 32, 297. That's a 9.3 average, two touchdowns, zero picks. Um, you know, the Bearcats were not necessarily the better team in this game. But they found ways to move the ball and generate points better than the Irish did, and that is what these top-flight teams do. And so yeah. I, I know it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I'm actually praising the Bearcats.
1: Yeah, Josh, you mentioned third down, which made me think of something that I was actually looking into earlier today. Josh, do you know what the average third down conversion percentages in, in in college football? Just oh, ballpark.
2: I, I, I'm gonna say probably around forty-five percent.
1: Forty. It's actually forty percent. Okay. It's forty. It's forty. It's forty percent. Um, do you know who number one
2: is this year? Uh, well, it's not Iowa. Um, no. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say that it has to be uh, a very, very, very solid team. I'm gonna I, say Iowa, um, happens
1: to be 88th I mean, Iowa happens to be 88th. Iowa con- happens to be 88th. Uh, Can Iowa and Iowa State are tied. <laughs> At eighty eighth, both converting thirty six point two percent. No, number one is Coastal Carolina. Well, they Uh, have a
2: phenomenal team. So, uh, Josh, do
1: do you know what their conversion percentage is? I'm going to say. Actually, hold on. Number two, I'm going to tell you this first. Number two is Texas. They are converting fifty five point two percent. That's really good. So, well, I was about to say Coastal's
2: at sixty percent.
1: So, if you're telling me two is fifty five. Number two is fifty-five. What yeah. do you think number one Coastal is? Sixty. Sixty-six. Ooh. What's the pop quiz? Uh, coastal Carolina. Well, you just heard the answer. Coastal <laughs> the Carolina is
2: beers drunk during a tailgate. Coastal Carolina is leading with sixty-six beers per person. Um, they ain't come down.
1: Yet. And so, uh, no, no, no. Uh, we got seventy-two. Third down conversion percentage. Coastal Carolina is converting sixty-six percent of their third downs. That's insane. It's, Who have they played though, really? It, They're 11 points higher than number two, which is Texas. Uh, Josh, do you know who dead last is? It's a tie. Is it Wisconsin? (laughs) Wisconsin is one of the two. There we go. Uh, Florida? And the other one is... Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Got to be Vanderbilt. Connecticut? Louisiana, Monroe. Ooh. Ooh, nice. Louisiana, Monroe, UConn, only coming in at 124th. Coach
2: As... All right, what's up, guys? Coach As the Coastal play. Come on, Citadel, Kansas... Buffalo, UMass, Monroe. Murderers right there, man. There's got to be something with the eye test. I mean, come on. Their last two games, for instance, fifty-three to 3, 59 to six. I mean, oh, I'm just I'm just giving Coastal everyone. a hard time.
0: I, I I love watching Coastal. Coastal's is one of my favorite teams is to Greece watch. Is Grayson
2: McCall top five quarterback in the country?
1: Gotta yeah. be. He's yeah. good at what he does. He's really good at what he does. Okay, coach, we've been we've been saving it for you. Uh, we've give got me the, give me the cliffs. Uh, the cliffs are. We've gone through everything except for the SEC games. So okay. uh, because Let's we, do it. because we are on a, a bit of a time crunch tonight, uh, give us your fastest uh, Georgia tub thumping of of Arkansas.
0: Well. Uh the crowd got into Arkansas the first play of scrimmage, uh, and shell shocked them ever since. KJ Jefferson was one dimensional, couldn't do anything. Georgia crammed it down their throat, total domination, and throwing a special teams touchdown, and boom, there you have
1: it. Yeah, you you guys don't even need quarterback play.
0: We, we didn't. It, it's insane. Never seen it. like this is. I and I told I think I told you guys over text. I can't remember who I texted this to, but this is the best Georgia defense
1: I've ever seen. Yeah, that was us. I asked yeah, you if I, this was the best Jordan defense you'd ever seen. You said it was this 2017 or 2002. Yeah,
0: I, I think those are the top three defenses I, I've seen personally in my lifetime. Now, I think I, this I think,
1: is I think this is the best because of Jordan Davis. Because I don't think you've had a nose tackle mm-hmm. like that ever before.
0: No, I mean in O two we had Pollock, um, but we never had like a dynamic uh, interior defensive lineman. Um, and we had you know Boss Bailey and, and, some, and some seventeen great You, like,
1: you know. had Roquan and some seventeen
0: more. was Roquan. It, it was Jordan Davis, but you know you had uh, Lorenzo Carter. You, you had some really good edge guys and some serviceable interior guys that made it tough to run. But Roquan was a human
2: eraser that year. Yeah. So I just want to I mean, say, you know, on the flip mm-hmm. side, look, we we like Arkansas. We did a bit with them for a very very long time. One of my best friends in the world is an Arkansas Razorback alum. This game doesn't really matter. They played with house money. They're already having a really nice season. There's more yeah, There's I mean, more wins to, to, to be say, had. I, I think what gets lost yeah. in the shuffle is just look at their previous coaches. Chad Morris, 4-18, couldn't win an SEC game, 0-14. Brett Bielema, it was horrendous. yeah, Brett Bielema 29 and 33, but all of that was padding his schedule. He was 11 and 29 in the SCC. Before that, they had John L. Smith step in for Bobby Petrino. If you factor the two of them together, because they were essentially the same team,
1: John L. Petrino, uh,
2: yeah, John L. Petrino, <laughs> uh, again. But John Hill didn't wear the neck brace, though. Again, schedule padding. They were terrible in the SEC. Bobby Petrino, in his time there, had 17 losses. 15 of them were in the SEC. He was just 17 and 15 in conference. You have to go back all the way to Houston nut in the late 90s and early aughts to be even a somewhat competent level of coach, and then – before that, you know, Danny Ford, not very impressive under 500, uh, Jack Crow got fired uh, mid season and Joe kinds had to finish it off uh, way back in the mid to late eighties. You had Ken Hatfield who was really, really, really good coming in to replace Lou Holtz. The, the two of them had a really nice stretch, but you look at their tenure then before that was obviously Frank Boyle broils their, their incredible coach. But if you look at Holtz and Hatfield right after their legend 77 to 1989 is the last time you have like a big period of great coaching.
0: So they're already having, but you have Boyle yeah. still in the building as AD right during those years.
1: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, you, you had that resource right upstairs, to, to bounce ideas off of but they've been pitiful yeah. so yeah to, to say arkansas is bad no they they just i mean honestly they ran into a buzzsaw yeah. they ran they you ran know,
1: into like Art- the, 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 the one kind of team that they can't beat like Mm-hmm. You know, and because I mean, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there are main teams in the country that can beat Georgia. Probably the only one that really I can think of would be Alabama, who took down Ole Miss. Ole Miss. I mean, Link Kiffin came out with the with the with the, pyre, with the with the oh, get your popcorn ready kind of thing, and then th- this game it ended yeah, up 42-21. It was not 42-21. This was the equivalent of about a sixty three to seven it was 40, game.
0: It was forty two to it was forty two to seven before yep. Ole Miss really punched back.
1: Yeah, and so well, this and was.
0: Alabama learned from their previous mistake of not doing that to Florida when they had a chance to. And they did it to Ole Miss. They're like, yeah, we're not doing that again because Ole Miss can actually beat us if we let them back in this game. So they they got them on the mat and they pummeled them. Yeah, I think also
2: also for the Ole Miss game, I mean, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin knew they were outmatched. So you Mm. need to be a gambler a little bit. First possession, turnover on downs, Alabama touchdown. Second possession, turnover on downs, Alabama touchdown. Ole Miss punt, awesome. They then force an Alabama punt. And then their next possession, turnover on downs, led to an Alabama touchdown. Ole Miss fumble led to an Alabama touchdown. There's good gambling, and then there's maybe maybe a little too reckless, maybe – Maybe he'd been yeah. watching too much Presbyterian. Yeah. Maybe film. fourth and one at the Alabama six. Maybe you take a three nothing lead and, and quiet the crowd a little bit in Bryant And Bryant Denny. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And what, what I want to say, uh, what, what's got to be scary for the rest of the SEC, I, Alabama found a rushing attack again. Uh, Brian Robinson, the best game of his career 171 yards and four touchdowns. And Are you
0: surprised, though?
1: No, I'm not surprised, but they hadn't shown it yet this season, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, they, they kind of scuffled there. They just really kind of struggled. And it's hard to say with some of the scores they've put up, but they've kind of like, they've struggled to find an identity. They've struggled to find consistency offensively. They
1: found it. Well, let's move over to Kentucky, Florida. Kentucky, I. Ooh, ca- yes, guys. Yes, please. I think I'm the only person around who was calling this, and I called it. I, I said, I'll, rewind the tape yeah. to last mm-hmm. week when we picked the spread formations. Y'all both took Florida. I said Kentucky was not going to cover, but they were going to win, and lo and behold, Kentucky wins because of their special teams block. They finally, they finally, finally won the turnover battle. Yeah, they won the turnover battle. Block kick return for a touchdown, and that third phase, baby. Yeah, and that's what they needed because they had 107 yards of total offense. Well, but, uh, or sorry, I am, I am, I cannot read my own handwriting. No, it is, they had 200 and they had 224 yards of total offense. Still not very good. It felt like
2: 100 and something because, well, Lufus only had 87 passing yards. Yeah, that was,
1: it
0: it, it was, it was brutal outside of that, man. It was, um, and Dan Mullen was asking if he was outcoached, and he said, uh, no, we gained, we outgained him uh, 300 and something to 211. Uh, Are you kidding me? Outcoached. And and uh, meanwhile, I don't think you saw the scoreboard and saw Kentucky had more points than
1: they did, and didn't realize that total yard zone encapsulate black field goal returns. Yeah,
0: and so uh, it was equivalent of uh, Cadillac saying, "Yeah, they may have won the war, but we won the battle."
1: <laughs> um. So, biggest takeaway from this, I think, is that you know Kentucky still has a you know, a really good defense. And they were able to slow down that Florida rushing attack. It took them 39 carries to get to 171 yards and they did not score on the ground. They stalled Florida left and right and it was really impressive. Yeah. It was it really was. impressive. And, and uh, I think
2: wasn't. I mean, my takeaway at a Texas coach in you this, but I mean, this is now Florida's second conference loss even if yep. they pull an upset of georgia doesn't matter i don't see georgia losing two games this season yeah i don't think it's gonna so um we're gonna talk about a big match that they have this
1: week yeah we're gonna talk about a big that they have this weekend in a moment just last game from this past weekend i wanted to touch on quickly uh baylor finally loses their first game of the year oklahoma state uh But maybe the quietest 5-0 team in the country, at least in the power of five, I've got to say, because they are getting it done. They are grinding games out. Jalen Warren, uh, the transfer uh, running back, has been doing yeoman's work. Uh, 125 yards, took him 36 carries to get there. But he got maybe, there. Maybe
0: that's why they're the quietest 5-0 team, because <laughs> they're grinding it out.
1: Yeah, they're grinding it out. I mean, this, nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. 401 total yards this weekend. Uh, what's even more impressive, though, Baylor had been putting up some numbers, especially in the running game. And they held uh, Baylor to 280 total yards. <clears throat> and uh, Treston Ebner, who had been one of the most dynamic backs in the country. Ebner. Eight carries, zero yards. That is really something. I was super impressed with that, and you know they held Bohan and the Baylor quarterback under fifty percent on the day. And tell you what impressed me about
2: this game is, uh, what's that? I've heard. No, I've heard Oklahoma (laughs) State has a defense. The stats kind of bore it out that they had a little bit of one, but I was also like, well, their best game's Boise, and and Boise's not really that good this year. What will they actually look like? Well, the freaking Oklahoma State offense threw 3 interceptions and Oklahoma State's defense talk about bailing out your offense. They they held Baylor to 3 of 15 on third down, held them to just 280 total yards. Long day rushing the ball. I mean, the, this Oklahoma State defense is um impressing me and i think that i dare i say i think they might have passed the beloved cyclone defense as the best in the big 12 that's crazy but i it's not it's it's not it's crazy like a fox
1: because they're you know not they're gonna start getting their tests they're gonna start getting their tests real soon yeah i mean baylor once once bedlam comes around once they play texas yeah
0: Headlam, folks. Yeah. So
1: um, let's move into this weekend, uh, the game of the weekend according to well, college game. Oh, yo, you want to talk about things, other things you know from this past I, weekend? Yeah. I'd, okay. You Josh, know me. You you know me. You All right. Well, how
2: did Georgia Southern do? <laughs> well, way out in Utah, BYU, another really impressive win. Uh, Really took it to Utah State. That one uh, always catches my eye when you. Beat a in-state rival by two touchdowns. I think that's not so
0: BYU Utah yeah. State champions. Yeah. Huh?
2: Not the to scoff at there. Uh, how about AM getting another exposure? Um, I yeah. Is it back to Jimbo not caring time? Is it back to have that hypothesis? I'm not sure,
0: but yeah. it's not good. Jimbo, we're gonna see Jimbo surface at like Michigan. Yeah. Uh, Fresno state feeling USC. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Please, please make that happen. Uh, Fresno
2: state, Fresno state up 24, nothing feeling pretty good about things. And then, uh, they decided that, uh, we don't need to worry about the fourth quarter. Give up 17 points. A lot of turnovers in this one. Hawaii upsets them. Uh, takes Fresno out of any fringe. Group of five discussion. It would have been really hard for them to ever catch Cincinnati, but uh, it's yeah, I, I it's done now victory. with two losses.
1: Yeah. It's a two team race with Cincinnati and Coastal at this point.
2: Yeah, uh, NC State avoided a classic letdown. <laughs> they they uh, beat Louisiana Tech by seven points. That was it. Uh, wake there you go. Dor- wake Forest also handled the spotlight. They beat Louisville. It took them a while to do it, but they did it. That was a little, little, uh, yeah.
1: little tight around the collar for them.
2: Yeah. So, uh,
0: uh, and then uh, Urban Meyer definitely scored some. <laughs> scored some.
2: Yep. And then finally, the Barring the Lead team, Maybe. they did it again. The Roadrunners. Roadrunners. They, well, they did a Fresno type thing. They decided to play a nice hockey game. Uh, they were up twenty-four to ten when uh, they decided to pack it in. Gave up a, a fourth quarter touchdown to UNLV to make it a little bit interesting. But they, they survived their 5 and 0, 3 0 on the season. Did Tate
0: Martell playing that game for UNLV?
1: Ooh, that, that is a good question. Wait. While Josh looks that up, I want to say. Eighth I,
2: I, team? Is that where he's at now? Yeah. I think while so, while Josh
1: looks that up, up I, I do want to mention I read a really interesting article today, and they were talking about Jeff Traylor, the coach at UTSA. They were saying that he is the single most respected person in the. Uh, Texas State High School Football Coaches Association because he spent like 20, 25 years as a high school football coach in there. And he has has more respect than any other coach in the entire state of Texas. And so he is starting to recruit there. And he's starting to recruit better and better names there because so many other coaches within the state of Texas... Trust him and believe uh, so in him, you, and I think that's think, a Gwen, really, really interesting sort of wrinkle there. You're, you're, so, do
0: you think he ends up at Tech, at tech or at? Uh, listen, Tech
1: is off to a four and one start.
0: I, I think was gonna, Wells might
2: be able to ride out the year. I was gonna say or A
0: and M when they fire when they fire uh, Jimbo.
2: I think A and M's gonna want the spotlight. I I have a yeah. I have an idea. Dumbasses been there a really 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 long time, and it's. Defense has decided to no longer play.
1: Gary Patterson, TCU. Yeah, they were. The are never going to Patterson. F- they're never going to find. No, they never. Gonna, and also, they also said Patterson is the second most respected coach in oh, the state. Actually, nice. so
2: uh, Tate Martell did not play in that game. By the way, Tate Martell in the year has attempted six passes, completed two of them for twenty-seven yards. Nice. What a
0: what a uh, what a his, stellar, stellar. His status
2: is out. Uh, he did have a nice. foot injury. And he uh, six days ago returned to practice. So, Uh, did
0: he did he sprain his ankle running to the transfer portal?
1: Josh, I know, Coach. I know you guys were 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 desperate to know. Uh, Friday night, Dartmouth beat Penn thirty one to seven. The The Big Green held uh, the Quakers to 141 total yards of offense. Yale demolished Lehigh. Lehigh moves to 0-5. Yale 2-1 in the season. They win 34-0. Zane Dudek still around uh, running the ball for Yale. Not his best game. Uh, Princeton, the spread offense at Princeton, got slowed down a little bit by Columbia. Uh, Only 119 passing yards uh, this weekend, but they were able to rush for 181 and hold Columbia. Columbia to eight yards on twenty-seven carries in their twenty-four to seven victory. Harvard beat in-state rival Holy Cross thirty-eight to thirteen on the back of Jake Smith, the quarterback. He went twenty for thirty-one with three touchdowns. Cornell fell to zero three on the season after losing at Bucknell. Um, really uh, tough day for. For Ben Mays, the uh, the quarterback, three turnovers for him on the day. And finally, the Brown Bears also fell to 0-3, losing at Bryant. Uh, Bryant quarterback, Zevi Eckhaus, 35 for 49, 335 yards and three touchdowns. That is your Ivy League Minute. Let's move on to week six. Josh, uh, the game of the day, or the game of the weekend, I should say, uh, according to our friends at College Game Day is... Uh, the red river shootout but let's face it uh they're wrong because the game of the day is number three iowa number four penn state uh two of it's not vandy florida that's the biggest spread of the weekend we'll talk about that in spread formations but i mean josh i mean the floor is yours uh uh somehow you know i i don't in the gambling uh, I was also a two-point favorite in this, which surprised me a little bit. I thought Penn State, being the more of a public team, would be the favorite in this one. But the games at Carver, uh, sorry, is at Kinnick. Are you going back for this? Are you tempted to go back for this?
2: Uh, I will be in California at a birthday for Kristen's mom. Uh, Josh, you are a you are a very good boyfriend. Well, I did ask her in late July i was like hey what you know is there any scenario that i could go to the iowa penn state game and she's like not really and then i was like i was like okay what if hypothetically both teams are undefeated and it's a top five matchup and it's like the game of the year can i do that and she was like she was like Josh, this is my mom's 75th birthday. We're having a family reunion where like everyone is there. So um, you know, it's okay. I'm just gonna say it again. I'm just
1: gonna say it again. You're a very you're a very good boyfriend. Weird uh, kickoff time, three central.
2: Yeah, uh, so well, I actually want to get into a few things because I'm sure people are expecting me to yeah, be the all sorts and get college game day. Yeah, f- first of all, I don't care. When we had it 15 years ago. We got absolutely de by Ohio State and totally embarrassed. So not having that—that that is a great word. De-pants. Yeah, not, not having that media circus is good. I think that actually will keep us a little more focused. The last few times we've played Penn State in night games, we've lost. So that's fine with me. Also, the. You know, getting this kickoff time, I think, is is totally fine. If I'm Kirk, by the way, I'm spending the entire week, though, playing up the college game day thing. I'm going, you guys get so little respect, we can't even have game day come for a top five program or top five matchup. First time since 2004, a top five matchup hasn't had game day there. Um, you know, there was some speculation on it. The You know, Fox is broadcasting the game, so there's that argument, although... Game day was in Chicago when Fox broadcast the Wisconsin Notre Dame game. Some people have said, well, Iowa's already featured, as was Penn State. They've had repeat schools. I think it's really simple. Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, which is ESPN's network or conference, and they want to advertise that. that. I mean, it's a logical explanation. There's no nefarious anti-Iowa bias, but again, if I'm Ferentz, I'm playing that up for the entire week. What is very, very, very interesting about this game is the two teams are basically identical. Um, Penn State is getting not a whole lot from their rushing attack. Their leading rusher averages just three yards a carry. As a team, they're a tick under four yards per carry. Iowa... Kind of the same. Tyler Goodson's averaging just over four yards a carry. As a team, they're averaging just three point four. So both teams have very inconsistent running attacks. Their quarterbacks, Clifford, sixty-seven percent completion rate, eleven touchdowns, three interceptions. Spencer Petrus, sixty-two seven and one. Um. So you know their quarterbacks are are you know, coming through in, in games, obviously, most recently, Beatrice, as we said at the top of the show, coming off his best game of the season. Where the difference comes is Iowa's secondary versus Penn State's receiving. Whoever wins that battle. And we've talked a lot of airtime about Dotson, and he's lived up to that. 35 receptions, 446 yards, 12.7 average. Six touchdowns already on the season. I think individually, he's probably a little bit more athletic than Iowa's best um, corner. However, Iowa's two safeties, they've been two starting safeties, I should say, as an entire unit, the safety core has played great. But their starting two safeties have been absolutely incredible this year, uh, their safeties, Jack Conner corner, excuse me. Uh, he's more of the heavy hitter. Um, he, he gets in there on a lot of tackles and then their other safety. He is, uh, well, he's Riley Moss. He's the one who had two pick sixes, uh, to start the season. He is the ball hawker of the two safety. So, you know, I think whoever, wins that battle. If it's the Penn State receiving core, if their superior athleticism beats Iowa's uh, ingenious schematics, then Penn State's going to win the game. If Iowa's secondary is all over it, don't give up the big play, have some timely turnovers, then I think Iowa wins. And and that's where I'm seeing the difference. Um, Another secondary potential... Uh, you know, maybe it's a tight game. It comes down to it. Um, I'm pretty sure Iowa has the best special teams in the big 10. Um, their punter is phenomenal. Uh, their kicker, Caleb Schudek, is 20 for 20 on extra points and he's eight of nine on his field goal attempts. His only miss was well over 50. Um, but he's got a leg to hit it from about 55 to 60. Um, Iowa's got a really, really good returner in Charlie Jones. So I, I think special teams in a really, really, really tight game, if it's you know, if it's 2121 and Iowa has just gotten a turnover and is at midfield with 30 seconds left. And I'm like, oh, if we gain fifteen yards and kick a field goal, I actually like Iowa in that situation. But um, like I said, receivers for Penn State versus secondary for Iowa. That's the game. All right, Coach, uh, quickly, any thoughts?
0: Quickly, any thoughts? I mean, you know, I, I think Iowa's going to have to figure out a way to to shut down Penn State's passing attack. I mean, I think Josh pretty much nailed everything I was, I was going to say, but for, for Iowa, they've got to dictate the tempo of the game. If mm. they don't, it's going to be a long day for them and Kennick because Penn State can – Penn State can can once they get going, they can get going. Um, For sure, you know, but sure. they they can definitely be had as well. I mean, they're they're a team that like they're like they're very much momentum based. So like if you if they if they get rolling, watch out.
1: All right, but they're also uh, a team
0: that if you put them down early,
1: yeah. Yeah, my final word here. Um, since they joined the Big Ten, Penn State has played 22 games against top five teams. Their record in that game, in those games, Josh, you want to take a guess? Twenty in twenty-two games. What's their record against top-five teams since they joined the Big Ten? How many game Total games? Twenty-two. Twenty-two
2: top-five games, top-five
1: teams. Yep.
2: Top-five teams. Um, I don't remember them beating those Dantonio Michigan State teams. I know they. I know they nicked Ohio State the year they made it to the Big Ten title game, and then they beat Wisconsin. Um, 2016, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to say out of 22 games, I'm going to say it, it's low. I'm, I'm going to say it's like four or five wins. They are 3-19 and 19 against top
1: five teams since joining the Big Ten. Yeah. In those three wins, one of those wins was over number four, Arizona, in 1999. I mean, that's not so, even a conference
2: game. I, I'm, n- I'm exactly. not sure if I would even count that.
1: Yeah, so uh, in, in Big Ten conference games, um, that would make them 20, that, that would make them 2-18. and 18. I'm sorry, 2-16, uh, because they lost to Alabama twice, so... Anyhow, um, I, I like Iowa at home in this one. Okay, guys, we gotta go. Uh, we, we gotta quickly through this Red River rivalry, Red River shootout, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Oklahoma is five and zero, but they have honestly coached underwhelm me this entire year. Their offense is not what we expect.
2: They tried to lose to Kansas State again. I know Kansas State was a. Op- Onside kick away from winning that game. I think if they recover that onside kick, they're marching right down and winning the game. Yeah, no
0: <laughs> doubt. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a believer in Spencer Rattler. I'm not a believer in this Oklahoma team. I I don't know what it is about them. I don't know how they're still five and zero, oh, but they
1: are. They're five and zero oh because they put the uh, on schedule. For, that is
2: yeah, true. I, I I think this one though, for Oklahoma. Oklahoma owns that they yeah, but also this Texas team is really one dimensional. It's not even just shut down the running game. It's literally shut down one player of Texas's running game, Bijan Robinson.
1: Yeah, like I like honestly, if I am Oklahoma, I'm just I'm just telling I've got I'm telling two linebackers. I'm telling like a defensive end, two linebackers, and a safety. You're all shadowing Robinson.
2: Yeah. Everybody else I, I'm I not mean, worried if, about. Like, I, I'm serious. If Robinson, if Robinson rolls his ankle in the first quarter, Oklahoma is winning this game like 35 nothing.
1: Well, no, I don't think they can score <laughs> 35 points. No, I think Texas Honestly, is but...
2: gonna realize. I'm gonna say that Texas, if, in that hyperbolic scenario, Texas just shuts it down because they know they can't win. There's nothing else on Texas's offense that at all no gives me any worry whatsoever.
1: Whittington's a nice receiver. Yeah. But like there's
2: not,
1: there's not yeah. much else. You know, there, there's really not a whole lot and, else and, there.
2: Unless they're running a reverse and handing it directly to him. I don't <laughs> now I will I will say with Thompson, their quarterback situation
1: has improved um at Texas. He's marginally better than um what was it? Heard? Card. He, card huh, I yeah. think it was Major That's, I think it was major 100. Apple what? Right?
0: <laughs> oh. yes it was um but marginally better is still not great better than what they had so yeah um and against a team like oklahoma marginally better gives you a better chance to win um and and with uh this, so this will be sark's first uh first red river shootout to me i don't know i mean I, it, it just it just reeks of a, of a texas upset here I mean, I just, so, coach, coach likes a texas
1: upset um I don't like what right, I've seen I from Oklahoma, but I I don't love what I've seen from Texas either. But maybe, you know, they only lost to Arkansas, it turns out I Arkansas mean, is a really good team. So
0: I mean, we said the same thing about West Virginia and 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 they almost got them. I think Texas if if Texas is in the position that West Virginia was in, Texas gets them. Yeah. If Texas yeah. is in the position that K-State was in,
1: Texas gets them. If
0: K-State if Texas, had Skylar Thompson and if the
1: If Texas is in the position that Tulane was in, Texas gets them. So
0: you catch my drift here. Oklahoma has got themselves in position to lose, but they've played a soft schedule. They got K-State without Skylar Thompson. They got a uh, rebuilding West Virginia team, and they got Tulane, who damn near beat them.
2: And Tulane's been a mess this year. Yeah, Man. two
1: two, two fallen apart since then. Okay. I, I, I,
0: think, I think they exhausted all of their resources and, and fell apart after that. But
1: um Still, Arkansas, Ole Miss uh battle of the teams that just lost to the two best teams in the country. This one is back in Oxford, coach. Um two extraordinarily different styles of play. Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you like here and why?
0: I, I, I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I'm still on Oklahoma here. No, I, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to turn this thing into a track meet. Um, that's got to be their goal. I, I think they're a little bit better running the ball this time around. I, I don't think Kiffin gambles as much. I don't think he's going to have to. I'm not sure Arkansas is ready to win this game, uh, although they're hmm. certainly capable of, but I just don't think they're quite ready to, to, to win a track meet type game. I, I don't think they're ready to kind of really get outside their bubble. Plus KJ Jefferson is, is still banged up a little bit. So I, I think he's, he's, uh, you know, he's sitting at about 60% of what he's capable of and that's not good for Arkansas.
1: Yeah. But Josh, if I, if I'm Arkansas, I'm looking at the tape from last week from the Alabama Ole Miss game said like, we can run the ball as well as Alabama did. Like we're a running team we, you know, we're a whopping team. And to quote, uh, our, our, our friends over at uh, full cast after dark, you know, and they yeah. should be able to line up and punch them in the mouth with Traylon Smith and the rest of that rushing attack. And I'm not sure if Ole Miss can they stop They should that. be able to, but yeah. momentum
0: I mean, was know. a, momentum was a bitch in, in Alabama. Like that was like, that was one of the best rushing efforts I've ever seen. What Alabama put, I, I don't, I don't know that Arkansas has that type of rushing attack.
2: But I may be wrong.
1: i yeah, mean, we wrong. put up more than 300 if, yards if, multiple times.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're Man. Arkansas, you're just so glad that you don't have Georgia's defense to take on. I mean, Ole Miss has been giving up 26 points per game and 368 yards.
0: Now, don't get me game. wrong. If Arkansas the, can turn this yeah, into the, a slugfest, they'll win.
2: Yeah, those but I just
0: don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to turn into
2: a track, yeah. uh, a track yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I meet. Mean, those numbers, you, the, both of those defensive numbers I listed are pretty much middle of the pack for the entire country. So, this is not very good defense. <clears throat> and I'm sure some astute listeners are going to say, well, it just gave up a bunch of yards and points to Alabama. If you look at their three and oh start, Louisville put up 24 on them. Those the the governors so. Austin P moved the ball a little bit on them and put up seventeen points. Tulane also moved the ball a little bit on them and scored twenty one points. So I think really it was Alabama took advantage of stuff that was already on the tape. This Ole Miss defense is it's mediocre, and so for Arkansas playing a much easier defense to go up against has to give them some hope and excitement that they'll be able to get back on track.
1: All right. Let's go to the George. Yeah. Let's move to that Georgia Auburn (coughs) game. Um, Coach Auburn coming off of a last second victory against LSU or actually not last second, but you know, end of game, very back and forth game against LSU. Um, I I don't really see a chance for this Auburn team. I mean, I'm not believing that they can move the ball at all against this Georgia defense. Uh, and you're going to break it down fully. Uh, over on believing dogs, just give give it give us the the yeah, cliff notes it. of the cliff notes here.
0: It's up I uh, you know the the offensive defensive lines Georgia has a major major talent advantage and i just don't think auburn's going to be able to to manage that i I don't think there's nobody in the country that's been able to block jordan davis i don't see anybody on auburn's team that can um that's going to be a nightmare um i don't see any any way i mean auburn has a pretty good defensive line they always do um but i still think georgia's going to be able to run the ball um and and they're going to be able to kind of impose their will a little bit
1: is there a single position group where auburn is better than georgia DBS maybe, maybe I mean maybe uh, maybe I they mean, have one really they have one know. really good corner they have one really good corner yeah but
0: that I mean Georgia I mean Georgia has one really good name brand corner um like you could probably I don't know like if I had to if I had to like reach and say that they're better. At one position, I would I would probably say the closest is DB. All
1: right, uh, Josh. It ain't if you're linebacker. Brian, it ain't it ain't, it ain't linebacker. Ain't linebacker line. It ain't defensive line. It ain't offensive line. It ain't wide receiver. It ain't running back. And still play, they, last time I checked, they're still playing. Last time I checked, they're still playing Bo Nicks at quarterback. So, uh, Josh, if you're Brian Harson, <laughs> what what are you doing this week?
2: Oh, I think playing you're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I think you're you're hyping up whichever quarterback you ultimately go with. And I, I think it'll be Bo Nix again. He's just. Um, he, I think you know, he won the job. Yeah. he, he Yeah. You know, his numbers on this year actually are not like They're not a disaster. No. Uh, and, and he plays much better at home as we talked about. You know, if. You know, the odds are long. But if you're the Auburn coaching staff, what you've got to do is talk up. Bo Nix, and get his confidence up and say, hey, look, Georgia's defense is statistically really good, but who have they played? They've played Big Cinco, who has panned – or not panned out. He's he's bottomed out. He's not living up to any expectations. UAB, I mean, come on. It's the Blazers. South Carolina, they've got a grad assistant, (laughs) Vanderbilt, and then Arkansas, who – I mean, if you're, this is again, the Auburn perspective, you're saying, Hey, Arkansas plays a running back at quarterback. You're telling Bo Nix, you're the first legitimate quarterback Georgia's defenses faced all year. You have the skills to pick them apart and have success and give Georgia fits that they haven't had. That's what you got to do. If you're the Auburn coaching staff and talk it up, this is back to me speaking as the podcast hoster. It doesn't matter. George is gonna kill him. <laughs> All right, guys.
1: Um I, I was gonna talk about Boise State BYU, but let's be frank, BYU is going to annihilate them. Boise State is starting to fall apart. I want to get right into yep. spread formations. Yep. Boise State uh, two
2: and three on
1: the air. Yeah. Last week, uh I had a great week. I went four and one. Uh coach was three and two. Josh was two and three. Sammy coach Florida. and I both uh, coach and I or I say I say Josh and I both had Michigan um taking care of Wisconsin uh coach was on Auburn uh, coach was the only one on Auburn uh, I was the only one on Kentucky all three of us had Boston College cl- covering that big big spread against Clemson Clemson only won by six and then uh, coach and I both had Iowa State covering that minus 34 line against Kansas Kansas off this week guys it's too bad for us uh t- it's good for them on the <clears> season coach and you I you are both week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I got the buy minus 14, uh, coach and I are both 13, 11 and one of the season, Josh 12, 12 and one of the season guys. I think this, uh, might be our best cumulative season ever, uh, for the three of us. We're going to start Michigan at Nebraska, Michigan, three point favorites on the road. I know Nebraska just, uh, destroyed Northwestern last weekend, 56 to seven. Don't let that, uh, don't, don't let that, you know, uh, dissuade you from what this Nebraska team is. They're still atrocious. They still can't stop the run. Michigan can run the ball. I'm taking Michigan minus three on the road. Coach, who do you like?
0: To me, it's it's an easy pick, and it's not Nebraska. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I like the way Michigan runs the ball. Nebraska's a disaster in special teams. Uh, so give me the Wolverines here. Never thought I'd say that, but they are playing Nebraska, so I don't think it would have mattered anyway.
1: Josh. Well...
0: The you're taking, you're taking Nebraska, aren't you?
1: You're taking Nebraska, aren't you? I, I, that, I just need, I, I just need an answer, ne- Josh.
2: Shows that Nebraska's been a little frisky. They should have beaten Oklahoma. They could have, maybe even should have beaten Michigan State. They're better than their 3-3 three and three record indicates. They're feeling really good after a monster defensive performance in which their supposedly terrible rushing defense held Northwestern 37 rushing yards on 26 carries. Uh, it's an upset special for Michigan. This is, uh, all due respect to Wisconsin and Washington. Uh, this is the first competent offense that Michigan will have faced. I think Nebraska has a good chance for an upset. I'm going to zig where you guys zag, and I am taking the Huskers.
1: All right, Josh. Um, Godspeed uh it's a
2: win-win it's a win-win for me either i win the pick here on the podcast or i get to see nebraska lose the (laughs) game it's a win-win
1: that's true okay uh mountain west special uh the two teams that josh and i thought were the best in the mountain or two uh two of the top three teams coming into the season wyoming and air force the game is at air force this weekend in colorado springs air force six point favorite at home you know, you guys who listen to the podcast know I pick Wyoming to win Mountain West this season. I'm taking Wyoming here on the road as a six-point dog. I love this number. Coach, what about you?
0: I'm going to zag. Mm. Um, I'm going Air Force at home minus six. I'm going to lay the points here. Why? That's because
1: I think they're going to yeah, win. Because Air Force's rushing it. offense is phenomenal. Josh, I assume... You are also taking the Eagles. No, I'm not taking the, Eagles. Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons. Sorry,
2: the Falcons. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, wrong, wrong bird of prey. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Air Force is the fly team that I picked.
0: Eagles Fly.
2: Um, Air Force was the team I picked. They are a very strange, crazy offensive shootout loss to Utah State, 49 to 45. That one game is what's preventing them from being undefeated right now. Uh, I test Air Force has looked a lot better. Wyoming's last game, twenty four twenty two win at Connecticut, that left a lot to be desired. stores is a
1: tough place to play, guys. Stores um, is a tough place
2: to they play. They had a nail biter at Northern Illinois. But he, yeah, but they but got on the road. Weird games. They they're coming they off the bye week. Mont, they they beat Montana State by three. Okay. I just think I test Air Force looks like the more
1: polished team. I mean, yes, you're probably right, but I'm not going against my own picks. Uh, Notre Dame at oh, Virginia Tech. Notre Dame, Notre Dame coming off of a loss. Uh, Virginia Tech being Virginia Tech. <sighs> is is uh, I'm worried that the wheels are really going to start coming off for Notre Dame. They're a one-point favorite on the road, and... God, what, what, what I am going to shoot my I'm going to like I'm not going to shoot myself obviously, but I'm going to kick myself <laughs> for backing Justin Fuente. Ugh, give me the Hokies at home. Give give me the Hokies at home at home as a 1.0 point favorite coach.
0: I'll take <coughs> I can't say it. I'll take the <coughs> Um Excuse me. I'll take the <coughs> Give me Virginia Tech at home. Josh, I'm with you, Matt.
2: Well, if Notre Dame gets their rushing attack going against anybody, it might actually be Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech didn't look very good against the run against North Carolina. North Carolina lost that game because they passed it way too many times. Uh, just their last time out, they gave up 160 rushing yards to the Richmond Spiders, and this was a 14-7 game at halftime. So it's not like there was a bunch of garbage rushing yards at the end of the game that Richmond racked up. I'm going to trust Notre Dame, maybe not trust, but I'm going to show some confidence and the better for the doubt in Notre Dame for at least another week. Also, you know, I'm loathe to picking Fuente and anything. So I will do the Irish. All right, next, biggest line of the week Vanderbilt at
1: Florida Florida's going to be mad that they lost to Kentucky Vanderbilt just beat UConn in one of the ugliest probably the worst game I've ever been to in person uh, this past weekend uh, which ended with a field goal in a downpour and then a fireworks show in a downpour which is meant that I was just inhaling smoke so that was super fun um, my 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 lungs are still recovering from the toxicity. Um, I'm not sure if Vanderbilt's going to score ten points, and I think Florida's going to score about sixty. so give me give me the gators to cover thirty nine in a game that they're just going to take out their anger from that Kentucky game out on the on the doors coach.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Florida here. Unfortunately, um, I, was, I was hoping Vandy would be good, and they I'll, I'll take an I would take an L here if Vandy can cover this one. Uh, <laughs> if Vandy somehow covers this one and makes it close, does Dan Mullen get fired? Probably not, but he should.
2: So I'm going to take the Gators. Josh, it's weird. I don't. Florida doesn't really blow teams out. You look out even just last year Vanderbilt gets blown out. Yeah. But last year, Florida beat them 38, 17. Last year, Tennessee was terrible. Florida beat them 31, 19 last year. LSU was terrible. Florida lost that game. Like I, I think Florida is a team and maybe Dan Mullen is the coach that plays down to his competition. I think Vanderbilt can squeak out enough points that, yeah, they, they might lose by four touchdowns, but that isn't enough to cover. I'm going to do, take the doors. Godspeed, Josh. All right, finally,
1: the game of the century is this weekend. I don't know if you guys <laughs> knew this. It wasn't, it, I don't know if, it, if it's been advertised very much. The University of Connecticut at stores. In the university, I, I can't of pick this Massacol- game. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, in the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, are playing each other in a football game in Amherst, Massachusetts. I cannot believe the words Is that this are this Ray to come.
0: Allen versus Marcus Camby.
1: Uh, it would be it would, would be, 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 be much more entertaining. I cannot believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth. The Connecticut Huskies are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Let me say that again. The Connecticut Huskies football team are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at UMass, and I'm picking them. What is wrong with me, Coach? What do you think about this one?
0: UMass is worse, believe it or not. UConn is not the worst football team on the planet. They actually had a good showing at Vanderbilt, and I don't know what that says about Vanderbilt. If that says more about Vanderbilt how bad they are, or
1: here's I I texted the stat. I texted you guys the stat against Vanderbilt in their sixty-two to nothing win. Georgia accumulated five hundred thirty-two yards of total offense against the same opponent. Only had what nine more yards in the same stadium. Connecticut had 523 yards of total offense. That's a difference of nine yards. Mm-hmm. Nine. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't even know what to do with so that. Were,
0: so were they outcoached?
1: They, no, they were kidding. outcoached. Um, no, I, they had I, a the, the, the UConn's backup quarterback who, is, who makes Ben Roethlisberger look like Lamar Jackson at one point scrambled for 20 yards.
0: Well, on that note, I'm picking UConn, minus three and a half.
1: Yeah. Josh.
2: Um, UMass is awful. Yeah. I mean, UMass has given up 236 points on the season. Their fewest points allowed this year is 42 to Eastern Michigan. Connecticut has, well, they looked frisky against Wyoming look frisky against Vanderbilt. They're playing hard for their interim coach. I think they want to break this streak. I think that they actually do somewhat care about their football program surviving, whereas I think UMass is, I mean, they got to go like Idaho. They got to drop down at some point. This has been an abject failure for that. I mean, this is a, a team that won a national title I think at like 1998 in FCS, mm-hmm. they have no business being in FBS. They, they've proven that over the last 20 years that they've had this experiment. It's a disaster. Connecticut, I think, does still have some pride. And I, I, I'm going to go one better, actually. I don't think they just win, I think they win by like three or four touchdowns. Yeah.
1: The strangest thing I saw on Saturday was not the fireworks in the pouring rain, was not Vanderbilt winning a game at home, <laughs> which they haven't done in nearly two calendar years. It was that there were like not multiple, but like a plethora of Yukon fans who were vocal in the stands. Relatively close to where <laughs> I was sitting. Wait, they they exist?
2: They are the there most must have been a bas- there must have been a basketball game somewhere nearby
1: I mean they they're the most <laughs> yeah, stereotypical yeah. In, in Centennial Park <laughs> They I mean they are this most stereoty- <laughs> like they all looked like the like quintessential New England Patriots fans is what I'm going to say and I'm going to leave it at that So
2: I think that's where not
1: where we're going to leave hey, that I want to go this whole episode I,
2: Josh I want to go one well, I want to go one further, actually, with this Connecticut team. I think they beat Massachusetts. I think they beat Yale. I think they have a decent chance of beating Middle Tennessee State. I, it's I just think it's awful. I think Connecticut could surprise a few people. I think Connecticut yeah. could win three in a row.
1: I mean, I mean the, the, they'll hire, two, they'll, I, they'll I, they'll I, hire I, the interim for, a, for the lifetime
2: contract. If that yeah. Happens. Oh, yeah. And I don't. I don't hate either of these teams. It's fun to make fun of them, but like, you know, UMass was a really good FCS program. They should just drop down. There's no shame in dropping down. And for UConn, I feel bad for them. I mean, the basketball realignment, they solve that. They're back in the big East, their football program. Just the American wasn't a good fit. The American was not a good basketball conference and they're a basketball school. and, what happens to UConn football? Nobody knows. I feel bad for those players, though.
1: Yeah. So, all right, gents. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, just that is super,
2: super to- quick. I Super, super quick. I know we got to get going. Just a really interesting line caught my eye. Oregon State, three and a half point favorites on the road. I know it's Washington State, but... I mean, this Beaver team is is having a nice season, but this kind of indicates that Vegas sees this as a breakthrough. Oregon State might be a special team, might even, you know, might even compete for the North with giving them that line. Yeah,
1: I I, I saw that line. I thought about including it in here. I just didn't have room for it. So... All right, that is going to do it for us here today on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, in Nashville, Tennessee, and our travel blogger from Big Ten County, Josh Cook, in Chicago, Illinois, this is the <laughs> Professor Emeritus in the Windy City saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. I'm uh, the Windy City. Me. I'm in the Music City. Yeah. <laughs> it is getting late. I worked a 13-hour day today. I'm about to work a 15-hour day. It got late. It got late early. No, it it did not get late early. It It got late late.